0: Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby.
1: When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box.
0: You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got uh, Eric Watson and a very, very interesting um, interview where we talk about the elephant in the room. Right? Uh, law enforcement um, when it pertains to certain cultures. And uh, me growing up in the Charleston area before I became a professional, you know, I had a, um, just a bad, uh, a bad view about law enforcement in the community because of the history. But I knew that uh, me understanding the laws and getting to know things a little better, understanding the whys and the purpose and the causes, Um, It allowed me to um, look at that, look at those situations a little differently. So I wanted to talk to Eric and see his views and his approaches to it in uh, in knocking some of those, uh, those walls down. Um, And a great conversation we had about it. So um, let's get into the interview. How you been? Good, man. Good, good. I appreciate you coming on. I know, I know how busy you are, so you know I appreciate you coming on. Um, we'll get right into it, man. Um, you know, you know. First of all, like um, we all, as as uh, as athletes, former athletes, get our you know grit and tenacity from you know our neighborhood, our parks, and um, take us back to you know some of the people that were your big influencers and in, in some of the park and recreation um, um, you know sporting events uh that you experienced coming up
1: man you know what we, well you know i'm from of course uh grew up downtown man and uh throughout my life as a kid man I, I played uh hockey ball high school ball uh tried a little college ball uh but my my, my introduction uh into athletes started on calvin street uh, i played ball uh you know uh with a bunch of older guys for sure uh you know uh, the michael hall's uh, Vinny and those guys there. We would always okay. compete uh, with guys on Mall Park.
0: Okay, you know? all right.
1: Uh, we would go to Mall Mall Park, and uh, Mall Park was always the, the the park to go and play ball at.
0: That's where you get it uh, from. Yeah, if you
1: really want to learn how to play ball. Uh, go to Mall Park or Hampton Street Park, and, and that's what I did. But the the core of my my athlete my athlete my my professionalism in terms of athletes and sports uh centered around football uh okay. pizza, uh, my first, uh, part coach
0: puts um, a legend.
1: Yeah. He, he's a legend, man. And, uh, he, he played baseball for Punta. Uh, he, he taught me how to play football. Uh, he, he taught me how to be tough, uh, sure. on the football field. For sure. Um, and ever since then, man, I just took that, that, that words of wisdom as a kid. I was probably 10, 12 years old, um, up to high school, uh, where I played, uh, for Johnny Bynes, uh. Uh, backtrack uh my 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 j v uh, year my first year i play i played for uh coach pedigree
0: okay yeah yeah
1: uh, yeah coach Pettigrew. and uh it's a funny story uh i only played defense uh back in the day i only, i wasn't an offensive guys so nah, let me go ahead and play defense <laughs> you know i i don't like to be a hit i don't mind hitting folks but i don't for want sure. to be a
0: hit for sure
1: and uh we were kind of short uh back then on 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 people uh and skill so Pedigree asked me, uh, you know, pulling out of the fullback. Oh, well, I said, oh, I'm not sure about that. Funny which way. I blocked for uh, Osmond White. I'm not sure if you recall Ozzy. The name
0: for me, yeah. yeah. And,
1: uh, he, he was a tailback, and uh, I was a fullback. And um, Pedigree told me, I'm going to give you the ball one time, see yeah, how you run. I uh, as a fullback.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, my first play, I, I ran, and I, I scored a touchdown. And ever since then, I played tailback. Uh, sure. Johnny Bynes recognized me uh, in a few games. And uh, my sophomore year, I, I got uh, sent up to capacity, uh, but I played with the bigger guys, uh, the Eric Martins and those guys. For sure,
0: um,
1: yeah. guys much bigger and older, man. So, uh it was an determination factor there back in the day. For uh, sure. But uh, the words that uh, Coach Bynes, uh, Earl Brown back then was an athletic director, uh, Coach Choice. Those guys
0: oh, oh. still choice, man. man. Earl choice, man. That's yeah. major, major right there.
1: Yeah, yeah. and still discipline in, in us, man. And uh, back then, you know, uh, as it is right now today, it's, it, was, it was tough. It was tough growing up uh, downtown, and we didn't have that many resources as kids do now uh, today in school. Um, so we relied on uh, brotherhood, uh, the uh, neighborhood sets that we grew up with uh, to bring us over that, over that hump, and... Sports was, a, was an outlet for many of us uh, to, to avoid uh, the issues that we we experience on a daily basis in our community, the drugs, the violence, uh, those kind of things like that. So sports was a way for us to just get away from all that for, just for a moment for sure. uh, and express ourselves out in the field.
0: And, you know, that's say went to my other you know, question. I look at, you know, we always say Charleston is the bottom of the map. But well, if you look at it from, from Let's say a tube, right? Let's say a tube where you got, you know, Somerville, North Charleston, downtown, right? And I always, I always thought that, you know, kids from downtown had a different mentality, a different grit, because we didn't get the exposure to the Somerville and the goose. We didn't get that type of exposure. All you had, all we had was downtown. Um, and you talked about you know the trouble I mean troubles and and whatnot coming up and how how sports was an outlet. And in our conversation, we talked about, you know what I'm saying, law enforcement, how we can both, you know, both had a, 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 a just ideology of that before we can really figure it out. Um, what, what were some things that you struggled with, um, you know, coming up and, and why did you, why did you have that certain outlook on, on, on law enforcement per se?
1: Well, you know, I grew up in a single parent household. Um, don't like using that as an excuse. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, in single parent household uh, in, in the black community, uh, you're, you're limited to your resources, you're limited to your, your lack of role models uh, in, in that community. Um, so I relied on my mother. I was the oldest out of four kids. Um, so it was just my mother, my two brothers, and she herself had to take care of a, a younger sister and a younger brother uh, on the projects. Um, so, you know, and historically, when going into law enforcement, uh, that was never my ambition. Never my my goal in life to be a, a cop, to be a police officer, to be a deputy sheriff. I didn't want anything, I, I didn't want to be associated with law enforcement. Uh, why? Because everything I saw back back then uh, was negative. Negative aspect, and every time I see a uniformed uh, police officer uh, in, the, in the neighborhood, uh, it's always something bad. It's, not, it's never anything good. Uh, the only interaction with us is where you're going, who you are, where you're from. Uh, get on the wall I and mean, patch you down. Right. That kind of thing. So, so there was nothing positive about me even wanting to get involved in uh, in that kind of career for You, um, you know. So, uh, so I had a pivotal moment. I uh, one one summer, uh, I was just after I got the plane. Basketball, Gallows um, street Park. Uh, two cops uh, came on on the block and uh, tried to engage us, uh, me and a, young, a bunch of younger guys, uh, with conversation. Uh, that was something that has, has never happened to us. Nonetheless, it was it was it was mm.
0: Um
1: So, but this is a time when uh, when the NWA came out with uh, <laughs> with, uh, with Eazy, you know left the police and that right. kind of stuff. So
0: right.
1: uh, they came on a block and uh, we, a friend went inside the house and up this, this bedroom window uh, and started playing, uh, started playing the, the, the rap music, the rap song. Right. And uh, obviously that that kind of teed off the police. For sure. So, uh, we all started laughing and, you know, falling on the ground. and We knew it was just, you know, antagonizing them. Uh, but nonetheless, no, no threats were made, no crimes being, uh, being committed. Uh, and the cops, uh, both cops, uh, one were black and the other one was white, um, asked us, uh, did we live here, uh, one of projects, You know, Some said yes, yeah, some said no. The ones who said no had to leave because back then as is, as is today, if you didn't have some type of identification of identifying you as living on that area, you're trespassing. For sure. So uh, the white officer came to me, um, asked me, "Where I live?" I pointed down the street, uh, maybe three or four blocks down the street. Got a breakdown. My house is so close. While I was, I was sitting there, you guy got a bust my, my mom kitchen window.
0: Right.
1: That's how close it was. Uh, he said, "Well, you know, get your butt home." I said, "Well, I'm already home." My thing, man. When you tell a, a kid uh, on a project, For sure. on a project to go home, he's going to tell you. I'm home.
0: Right, right.
1: So, when he told me, you get, know, get, get home, I said, I'm already home. Uh, this time, uh, my mom friend saw the interaction between me and the cop. Uh, she said, Eric, get off the car, come on a porch, because he's trying to antagonize, Right. Trying to provoke you. Jump off the car, he goes and, and grabs him by the arm, and I said, hey, what, what are you doing? I'm taking your, your, your black ass. Yeah. Right. I said... For what and i said for what it was on uh it, it was mm-hmm. on we we kind of we, we kind of struggled there for a minute uh his partner pulled out a gun uh on my friends uh back then you know back then we we weren't carrying no, no weapons
0: for sure
1: uh we, we fight we fight off off the hands for sure uh, point out my friends uh, my mom saw what's happening she's running down the sidewalk uh yelling my name uh, i didn't want anyone to get hurt right I allowed a guy to do what he wanted to do, pick me up, slam me on the on head, handcuffed me. Took me down to city lockup. Uh, while while driving to city lockup, uh, his partner asked him, said, said, uh, what happened to you back there, man? The guy who arrested me, he chief to arrested me, said, well, I don't know, I just snap.
0: Hmm.
1: So at in that moment, hmm. Just dawned on me, like this guy had no had no authority. He just abused his authority, abused his power, uh, just took my freedom, mm. uh, just that that quickly. Handcuffed me. What I what I caused uh, because he was pissed off because of a lot of because young kids were playing easy
0: Right. After police Right. In this timeout message, we got. Jamie Jenkins.
2: You know what, if I'm gonna stay at the Citadel, I've got to position myself, you know, from a playing standpoint to put myself in a position to be able to play overseas or get an opportunity to play in the league, you know? Sure. And so at that point, that's, so, so I think that's one of the differences between the Citadel and a College at Charleston. You guys had Good point. eight, 10 dudes that came in knowing
1: my primary focus is to get a check playing basketball. For sure. We have four or five, five or six guys that skill-wise could do that, but only a few
2: of us had that mentality and had that vision and was like, you know what? That's where we're headed.
0: Now let's get back to the interview.
1: So that was my pivotal moment, moment, uh, Jamel, when I recognized that so in order for me to break the cycle, I got to be a part of the system. Mm. I, I need to learn what these guys know and what prompt them, what prompted this officer uh, to, to arrest me. Right. but I did it wrong or something he did wrong or what. And I got 27 years of law enforcement experience. Right. College, FBI Academy, uh, just got accepted at the U.S. Naval Academy. Uh, and I can tell you, every everything that happened that day wrong.
0: Right.
1: Not from our perspective, from their perspective as a public servant. For sure. As an officer who, who, who swore to uphold the law, to protect and serve our community. Uh, at that moment, uh, it, it violated everything I, that I believe in to this, to this day. And, and that kind of motivates me to this day, man, to, to fix, this, fix things in the system that I know that can can be fixed. Try to at the same time to bring awareness that uh, for those in the community who feel as though they're not being heard or the system is against them, but be be a part of this system right here to help us fix it. Uh, You don't have to be in law enforcement. Uh, There's a host of things you can do uh, within government, uh, but just get involved in public service, uh, be active uh, in your community and be involved in more outreach programs uh, whereas, where you can bring awareness to uh, government issues as well as your own community
0: issues. You know, that's that's major that you said that, man, because most experiences, you know, people, you know, look to, you know, use the physical aspect of a, of a get back. You know, you use the, the, the mental aspect, which, you know, is much more powerful. It took a long time, but it's much more powerful. Um, w- once you had that situation happen, you know, take us back into your 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 collegiate experiences and in, in the program that you've um, you enter in order to get to this point right now. And and how did you know about it? Because because you got to think, you know, the average person that 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 had the aspiration of doing it, they don't know where to go, especially coming from, you know, a public setting, a public school setting. There's no resources to to say, hey, look, f- fill this application out or do this. So how did you make those steps and happen? you you want we, we want our coach to get more involved, but how do they do that? And how did you do it going to college?
1: Well, that, that's, that's a good question right there, man. Uh, you know, when I, when I got into law enforcement uh, back in 1994, uh, obviously I didn't know, my career started um, and I worked there for about, about three years. And that, that was my way of initially mm-hmm. educating myself as to, let me see if this, if this is really for me. Uh, Obviously, I couldn't go in the front door of a law enforcement organization. Right. Um, I had to go to the back door, so I had to take the back way in uh, to get into law enforcement. And the jail was, was, my, was my roadmap gotcha. to where I'm at today. And uh, while I was there at the jail, it, it, I surrounded myself with a bunch of uh, older guys, professional guys who's, who's already retired, um, have an extensive experience already, uh, in this line of work and, and it helped guide me uh, guide me along the way as to what path I wanted to take and um, I got to give uh, Sheriff Cannon uh, his, his props uh, he was the first one that took a, a gamble on me right um, back in back in 94 obviously he didn't know who I was back then uh, but as I advanced uh, quietly through his uh, organization uh, he began to know me and I began to know him um, and he he placed me in positions mm. where I could take advantage, which I did take advantage of many opportunities that he gave me. Um, and, that includes, and that included educating myself on a host of uh, social issues, involved within law enforcement, mm. within the community. Uh, in other words, he got out of, out of my way. Mm. Mm. He allowed me to develop mm. my own personality, my own style of policing. Um, with same with, with that said, I brought value uh, to the organization and I, I learned uh, by exposing myself, uh, I got out of, my, out of my comfort zone.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: All right. Um, I think if you really want to grow, uh, you have to be willing to get out of your comfort zone and uh, meet new people. Uh, ex- explore. Is, life is bigger than Charleston. I, I, tell, I tell my son that all the time. It's, it's bigger than Charleston. Go out there and explore uh, different things, aspects of life, and that way you can broaden your mind and and help determine
0: your direction of going life. And, and another key point I wanna bring up is that, you know, here you, you, you're going through the back door, like you said, the jails in order to get into the front door, the law enforcement, but then you had, you know, Al Cannon, who's a white male who understood situations and they gave you an opportunity and you took advantage of the opportunity. And your schooling and prior to that, were you ever felt you were a threat to to the white community as you advanced through law enforcement, and how did you handle that? I mean, maybe not been on surface or under the surface, but did you feel it? May it may have never happened, but you know, did you feel that pressure or that 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 uh, that feeling of uh, uncomfortable feeling while you were advancing through the through the, through the you know? I
1: never felt pressured. Um, obviously in this profession, you don't have that many African-Americans. Correct. Um, so the vast majority of uh, training classes are uh, educational settings that I've been involved in. It would probably I would be the only black uh, in the room or a few others. Um, those, yeah, that, that can be uh, very intimidating for uh, some. Um, and as, you, as, I, as I grew, as I advanced uh, through the ranks, My my goal was to to make myself as marketable as humanly possible. Mm. Because I knew as I advance or I seek advancement at the highest level, Mm. I'll be challenged. My resume would be be questioned, scrutinized, my experience, my training, my education. So I made it a point throughout my career uh, to invest in myself, uh, pay for college, in the military reserves 15 years. Uh, I made sure to invest myself along those lines because I knew as I advanced, uh, I would be challenged or folks would, would question or not question, but, but look at my experience. Right. So right. I made a point to make myself overly marketable. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if, if I am challenged, uh, I have I have the credentials. Uh, support me, that's why I, think I encourage kids, man. To this day, uh, I'm not saying education is best, but education helped expose you. For sure. Broaden your minds.
0: For
2: sure. uh,
1: there's A lot of good things out there. Um, and fortunately for me, folks who with my organization, uh, they just had a different grip path and I did. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to advance. I never believed in being at the bottom. Um, I've gotten this profession to make a difference.
0: And, and that's, and that's what I'm trying to do. And, and going through all these class and you, you know, you know, being the only minority in, 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 in the, in the building, you know, I'm used to that as well too. How did you use some of the, the grit and tenacity you learned from the park and recreation area and you apply it to, because that's, that's, it's all a game, right? It's all, it's all, it's all. Competition is all, like you said, putting your best foot forward. You didn't want to lose the game, wanted to be last. So you did those things to help you advance. Um, what are some things you learned from the park and, you know, coming up that help you get to that level, the grit, tenacity? Man,
1: man it's very simple, man. My, my past motivates me. Oh, where, where I'm from and my struggles. For sure. Uh, watching folks uh, in my own community uh, struggle, uh, that, that motivates me every day. For sure. I didn't grow up uh, a rich guy, or rich kid. Uh, you know, place I had to go to growing up, I had to walk mm. or catch a bus. Mm. Back then, it was like 25 cents, I think, back then. <laughs> yep. Catching yep. a bus. Uh, so those things, those kind, things like that keep me humble. Um, hanging out with the older guys who, who, uh, who made, made a point to make sure that I never do, did drugs or do drugs. Or when drugs were around me, they made it a point that I'm out of the way. Uh, like I said, they taught me how to survive in the street. For sure. They taught me how to survive. They taught me the things, that, how, how to protect myself. Uh, fought many times with, with the older guys, uh, uh, play a fight, but they taught me pretty much that we're different. Our community is different. You, you have to be strong uh, to survive in our community. Unfortunately, that's that is, that is just reality.
0: That's just how it
1: is. But my past, man, my past is what motivates me. I didn't have a bad past, but my upbringing, um, you know, uh, kind of motivates me. As uh, your parent always wants you to be better than they were, for sure. So my mom made many sacrifices. And I'm quite sure she had dreams of her own, my aspiration that she would think she would want to accomplish uh, that she couldn't
0: do. Right.
1: So so the, the, the Along those lines, I make it a point uh, to stay on the right path and, and uh, allow my past to turn my future.
0: You know, and my son, you know, in our conversation, that's one thing I have to take away from him is that fear of the blue lights, right? We have this talk all the time and you have a son. You're in law learn law, you're in law enforcement enforcement what are some conversations you dealing with your past and understanding how you felt and now you don't feel that way because you're in law enforcement and you got a you know black son what are some conversations that you have for him with him and how did how do you paint that picture to him I mean right what do right. you what do you say No, we... wait
1: we- uh, Eric and I do. Eric and I do have many conversations about, about that. And, and what I what I reassure my son is that the vast majority of the officers out there are are, are they human beings just like just like he is. They make mistakes. Um, with, with that said, you still have that small that, that small percentage uh, that will cross that line. That is that is a fact. That is a reality. Uh, that is why you have, that is why you have this many issues now within our country. Uh, because you have a small fragment within any organization mm-hmm. um, that will cross a line that will violate policies, and that will take advantage of kids like uh, like like our son. And, and I remind my son, hey, look, you are you are a black boy, okay? You understand that first. Uh, society look at you differently um, when you're dealing... when when you're in a so don't, so don't place yourself in a position where. You have to be questioned or stopped. For example, loud music. Right. So he, he bought my car uh, and he loved playing his loud music. Uh, and I said, hey, don't, bring, don't draw attention to yourself. Hmm. Uh, for, for the cops or the police officers to stop you for a reason, the next thing you know, uh, they want to uh, actually, can I search your car? Right. So, so those, those kind of things I talked to him about. And at the same time, too.
0: Uh, respectful hey what's up guys check this out if you're coming into the Charleston area or maybe leaving out the Charleston area and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly sweet people go check out Mark over at Avis and Budget Car Rental at 7685 Northwoods boulevard when you go see mark and you mention triple threat podcasts you receive 30% discount when you rent them they also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick easy transaction and check us out and limited mileage on most rentals so give mark a call at 843-572-3111 Nine zero. And don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast.
1: If they, they stop you, they're going to ask you for certain things: license, and insurance. Okay? Respectful at all times. Uh, with, that, with that said, understand your rights too.
0: For sure. Uh, for
1: as, sure. as a citizen, uh, if you think if you think they're violating your rights, you' not the place to argue. A cop, right? Because you will always lose.
2: I you know one thing
0: is this. I mean, it cuts you off, but this this the one thing I don't understand, and it's a, it's a crazy thought process. But they have the the the, the, the common denominator, which is a firearm, right? If you in the hood and somebody come up with a firearm, you are gonna hey whatever you want. When a cop comes up with a firearm, we buck the system and I do what I've done it just because of the masculinity that goes into that. Right. And I think, I think me personally speaking, I think when we're initially pulled over, I think respect is wanted, but not, it's not given initially. Right. So the masculine, that's, that's the toggle. The toggle is the masculinity of, okay. Okay. Like I got past going on and current going on at one time. You come, I feel you come to me disrespectful. So I'm gonna respond that way, and, uh, it's on and popping. So I just think, you know, like, like uh, I forgot his name, the guy Money Mike says, he said, it survived the encounter, right? Don't bring attention to yourself. And, and, and me personally, I learned to give the respect up. I give the respect up for two minutes just to get home, right? Because going through that fight, that's going to leave 20 years of, you know, I could just two minutes, just give it up. But I just wanted to, you know, put that in the, in the play right quick.
1: Right, right, respect goes both ways. Um, and it's, it's how you, police officers today, they're, they're being taught, it's how you present yourself. Oh, and How you, uh, yeah, that person, that driver may have violated a, a law, uh, but, but every driver, every car you stop uh, is not a bad person behind a wheel. For sure. Just because they you caught them speeding, or uh, they ran a stop a stop sign, doesn't mean that they're a bad they're they're a bad person. They made a mistake. They're maybe rushing to get home or get to church or or have an emergency. Uh, but communication, uh, you know, it's 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 good to have open communication. And the, the most the, the problem with a lot of things uh, situations is that uh, officers today uh, lack the ability to communicate diverse
0: community.
1: Hmm. Reason why they lack the ability to communicate because they fail to understand that community. Do
0: you, Do you think they're intimidated?
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's natural. It's, it's natural for, uh, for anyone uh, uh, to be intimidated by, by, by people, by communities, uh, regardless of race, black or white. I, I can re- recall days of me patrolling uh, in a rural parts of the county uh, as a young deputy, um, and many, there are many situations where you know I was afraid, uh, I was intimidated. Um, so it's, it's, it's natural, uh, but over once you, how you present yourself, how you carry yourself, that group, uh, the intensity will, will die down, anxiety will, will die down because now you're, you're communicating, you're, you're having great dialogue with, with these folks and when they realize that you're not there uh, just to make them have a bad day or to arrest someone, uh, the whole conversation is different now. Now you're laughing, you're shaking hands. Right,
0: right. So right, right. It's just,
1: it's right. how you present yourself, man, it, it, it counts.
0: And, and, and just to be clear, when I asked for, about the intimidation factor, I wasn't saying for the culture, I was just saying just cops running up on any car. Are they intimidated by the potential situation that could happen? That's, and, you, and you asked, yeah. asked that question.
1: Yeah, again, again, um, when, when you, every situation for a cop is unknown. And so they leave that, that scene. During, during, during the incident, you still want to know if anything can happen. So when you stop mm-hmm. in a car, uh, that cop, that officer, that deputy sheriff, they're unsure who they're stopping, other than what's being related to them through communications, uh, based on your license plate, the owner of the vehicle. For sure. Until I, until I approach your car, there is, a, there is an inch of anxiety mm. uh, there. Um, I'm making sure, that, especially if it's more than one person uh, right. in the car, right. there's multiple occupants in the car, my anxiety level is, is much higher now. Mm. I'm, very, I'm much more observant. I'm much more aware of what's going on. I'm looking at hands. And I may ask a, a whole host of proven questions. Um, because I want to feel good. You know what I'm saying? I want to feel good about this stop. Right. I don't want you to ask for your license, your, your registrations, your insurance. Then I'm walking back to my car, and a whole host of other things are going on for sure. inside for the sure. car.
0: For sure.
1: So from time to time, you have an officer who, who may um, have some, some concerns, you may ask the driver or the occupants to step out of the car to, to feel, so at least we can see your hands.
0: Right, right.
1: Okay, now that so now the car, the compartments are out of the way. Now it's just you and I dialoguing and communicating. Now I'm actually, hey, reason why I stopped you. And those, so communication is key.
0: Right. And I'll ask you this, this last question before you move on. Just because I, I think this is a very candid and good conversation. When, and we talk about the communication, when they initially pulled, you know, pull someone over, my, 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 my concern is. When someone pull you over, the first thing they ask you is it's not a hey sir, how you doing? Can I have you to, where are you going? Right? That's that's a question like here again, it's a, it's going back to the masculinity, like going to the why is you questioning me, right? So then it it, it fires off. So I, I think if like you said, I agree with you, the communication, if the respect is mutually there, it lessens some some of the friction, you know, um in that in that in that stop, I think.
1: Yeah, and You're right. You're right. And that's, that's a key point. Uh, professionalism should always be there um, for officers, regardless of the, the attitude of the driver. And in most drivers you stop, you know, they're upset because you stopped number one, there is a big inconvenience. And they're hoping and praying that they don't receive a citation or a ticket because now, you know, there's money out of their pocket. So police officers and deputy sheriffs have to understand that. Uh, that's so it's going to be natural for that driver uh, to have a, a kind of negative attitude towards you uh, because of those, those factors. Uh, but then the police officer need to maintain that professionalism uh, and don't, don't uh, step, down, step down to that level. Uh, so now, now that's where the breakdown of communication happens. happens
0: and I promise my last question on this, do you think there are more fatalities and stops when it comes to local state and government officials? Because I, I I see whenever there's a, a bad turnout, it's mostly local officials. It's not really the state and government. Is, am I accurate on that?
1: You mean you mean local law, local uh, law enforcement? Yes, sir. They're not, uh, in, versus the state state police officers?
0: Our uh, troopers, are, yeah, our, our state trooper, our government, yeah. yeah
1: well, I the guess the reason why got, that
0: I guess locals got, as far as number wise, got more stops than them.
1: That's what I was going at. The reason why we, we interact more got you. with our citizenry uh, more than the state level and the federal level. I got you. Uh, we, we engage in more law enforcement action uh, than state and federal. So the probability of uh, things happening more is will always be at the local level because we interact with our citizenry a whole lot more than state and federal level.
0: I got you. Um, you know, and, and I read you being a detective right? um, For a couple of years. And I'll ask you this question too, right? You're coming in as a black man, wearing a badge. And how do you deal with with that that presence, right? Because you might go into certain kind of black community and look at, oh, look at this, he's a sellout or he's, or you might go in other culture, you might be respected more. How do you switch those masks on and off, bro? Because it's it's it's, it's tough. I mean, I know it's tough. I, because I can I can only imagine you walk into a, a community where they all look like you and you got that badge on. What's what's the feeling and how do you how do you deal with that?
1: Yeah, Black Austrians uh, live in two worlds. I mean, you know, we live in a we we work in a culture and all a culture where uh seen by people that look like me as an oppressive organization. Because historically, law enforcement has been used as a tool to oppress African Americans. You know, so so when we go into community, uh, being a black officer, yeah, I've been called names. I've been called many names, uh, but those that that we deal with on a regular basis, uh, those are the struggles that that black officers deal with daily, um, especially when we're investigating uh, violent crime. But violent crime, when I first became a detective, uh, the vast majority of the violent crime I, that I investigated, uh, I'm talking about your assaults, your victims, your, your homicides, you know, involved my community.
0: Mm. You
1: know, I'm talking about young kids, 15, 15, 16 years old, 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, uh, being dead uh, on Savannah Highway in uh, Adams Run. So the first question I'm asking myself, you know, ten-year-old kid here, where where are your parents? Hmm. Where's your mom? Your dad? Why are you out here uh, this time of night? And look at you! Look at you! you You're no longer here. Right. Um, So when I see things like that, uh, it's kind of depressing. Uh, You know, I think we have to recognize in our own community that, hey. Before we start pointing fingers uh, at, at law enforcement, you know, at, we, we need to make sure that our house is well. Uh, you know, In other words, if we want to really combat violent crime, crimes in, in the black community, uh, first thing we have to do is acknowledge, uh, I think acknowledge that we have a problem right. uh, in, in our community, um, number one. Number two, I think we need to make a point to educate and uh, hate our, our youth a lot more than what we're doing as well. I don't care if you live in a single parent household or all the core of the families here. Uh, uh, just because you live in a single parent household doesn't mean your life's going up bad. You know, I grew up in a single parent household. For sure. Um, so it's how you how you apply yourself.
0: And this time out message, we got Chris Evans.
2: You know, I was I was a shooter, and I really couldn't get by. I could handle it, but I not like you. I couldn't get by people. Right. I wasn't quick enough, and uh, so that changed the the arc of my career there, and um, and, I, and I just kept playing. Some of us, Mel. Uh, especially you know people with <laughs> slow weak people like me uh, we end up coming into our own a little bit by the time we're 22 23 mm. 24 it's almost mm. after college mm. and, uh, and that's kind of when when I hit the the apex of, of my talent I think and I ended up going over to Ireland and playing two seasons in Ireland and uh, and putting up 50 some games
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> Now, let's get back to the interview. What do you say the overall um, involvement uh, community-wise of law enforcement? Like, what's the the connection? And I want the community to understand, because I know it's, it's protect and serve, but you personally, what's your overall commitment to the community?
1: My overall commitment to, to the community is bring awareness and bring awareness to a system that obviously is not perfect, broken. But in order for you to have an immediate impact on your community, you have to be, have to be willing to be a part of the system. Yes, sir. Understand how it works. Uh, things that you, you can identify that need to be fixed Fix it. You good to criticize when you stand on the wing, but when it's not a the stage, you can't perform. So my, my point here is that instead of criticizing or being in my, my position, where I'm criticized on a daily basis by my own folks that work for me. The community criticized me when I was uh, chief deputy with the sheriff's office uh, because of things that not happening right in their life. But if you really want to have an impact, if you really want to change happening in your community. Uh, educate yourself about government. Yes,
0: yeah.
1: How it works. And also hold your elected officials accountable mm-hmm. for not leading. Um, you know, they, the, you elect them in office, oh, you you are, they, you are their boss, so hold them accountable. Um, so that's, that's my goal, Mel, is is to have a an immediate impact, a meaningful impact on our community. Only way I can do that is holding it, uh, voting what we do in public safety, um, through education, allow our kids, our youth, uh, I think that's where it starts at our youth uh to enter into the system. Now they can they, they can branch off uh into doing other things with, with the government.
0: I agree. And let's talk, you know, COVID for a little bit. You know, it was last you know, last year was just just horrible. Um, you know, and we I don't know when we'll get things back back going, but uh, tell us about your experience, you know, with law enforcement, things that, you know, resources that that's available to the community that could, that could help with vaccinations. What, what, what are some, some updates on, on things that you have for that?
1: Well, I can tell you last year when the, when the COVID pandemic was at its highest, uh, my department partnered with Frequency uh, Federal Healthcare. I, you know, back in that, that's, Feder is, is is my core. Why? Because you do it too, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> so yes. I remember my mom would walk me from Gallon Street uh, to, to Mary Street uh, and get a checkup with Feder down, downtown. So those kind of organizations like that really have an impact on, on people like like us. Uh, people with that, individuals that have community that have don't have that resource for sure uh, mm-hmm. have, they don't have health insurance. On uh, means, transportation to get to and from uh, healthcare. So, but what we did last year, uh, we partnered with them, and what we did, we went around to rural parts of the county and we offered free COVID testing
0: wow.
1: uh, throughout the county. And we tested well over 6,000 wow. uh, citizens, uh, particularly in the, in, the, in the Hispanic community, uh, in the Black community, uh, be, because they lacked that resource. Right. Uh, so so what we're doing today for the vaccination, today we're having a news conference uh, at 3.30 uh, to announce uh, our, our continued partnership with, with Federer to promote vaccination in the rural parts of the county. So this is our way of bringing awareness, trying to remove the stigma uh, about the vaccination uh, and educating the community as to why it's important for them to at least uh, be willing to, to entertain taking the vaccination. So we're... Today we're going to do a press conference
0: at 3.30 uh, to make that announcement. Awesome. And, you know, when we had lunch, we talked about minority and public safety. That needs to be more of a presence um, in that area. Um, can you list some opportunities that may be possibilities and, you know, how do, how do they get involved? Like, what are the prerequisites? Like, is it a, you know, high school, college, like, what are some things that they can get involved? The classes they got to take?
1: Well, I, I can tell you what. Right, diverse, diversity is lacking across the board in every discipline uh, in public safety: the law enforcement, fire operations, the uh, emergency uh, medical services, uh, communication on dispatch center. Across nationally, it's we, we're at a very low level. Uh, it's all the plan. All depends on the discipline. Uh, some only require high school education, some require a two-year or four-year college uh, degree, uh, some of require experience without that, but I can tell you what what we're doing here in my directorate is that we're going, we're developing an academy, a youth academy. Uh, it's going to be like a a summer intern program, uh, with, with Charles County school district. And, uh, we're, we're going to offer the opportunity for kids, juniors and seniors, uh, to in the summer break, to be a part of this program, and we pay them, pay them hourly rate to say 12, uh, 12, 14 dollars an hour, uh, to be trained either as a, a communication tele- uh, as a telecommunicator, public safety, or emergency medical technician uh, for six weeks. Juniors, uh, your senior year, you come back the same course but more more intensive. Graduate, and we offer you a job when you turn 18 years old, uh, making 16, 17, 18 dollars an hour. These are, this program is geared towards kids uh, who may not want to go to college or uh, who may uh, just want to go to two year college uh, to have an opportunity to have a full time job uh, with benefits, uh, with a pension. Uh, so, that's, this is our way of bringing, of bringing in more diversity. At the, at the ground level, at the grassroots level, uh, without without kids, and we're targeting uh, high schools uh, in Charleston County. So this is the brand new program. I had a meeting with my guys yesterday. This is something that I told them I want I want done, um, and this is something that we're we're going to obviously uh, need support from County Council. Uh, I'm quite sure uh, the school will help us as well.
0: And where where the where the the audience of the interest? So where can they go get more information about that?
1: Well, right now we're still in in an initial stage of developing it. Uh, We have not, matter of fact, we just drafted up yesterday. So we're still working on it. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, But it's something I I assure you that will be supported by uh, council on both sides of the aisle.
2: Gotcha. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jamel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life.
0: So I want to you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, I uh, started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well.
2: College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this. While he was in school, so he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation, and its philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe.
0: Let's go and finish together.
2: Basically, teaches the game of basketball, focusing on skills development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics.
0: And now, in our last segment, as we close you know, we do something called a, a open recipe and um, open recipe is a uh, skill development, education, and nutrition. Um, and, you know, being in your, in your profession in your career, it takes a high level of skill development. Right. And I'll ask you something before you answer that question, uh, getting right back into the, you know, the elephant in the room concept. Is it a, is it a, is it a skill when you have to, identify, you know, cause like if, if a cop is, you know, posted up or even driving, what do I, what do they identify that cause them to, to, to pique their interest? Is a lot of music, is a lot of movement, is a, is a, is a, is a, is a pastor looking over their shoulder? You know, what, what are some things that without giving all your secrets away, um, how's that skill apply to what you do?
1: Training and experience. Uh, training experience and mistakes. <laughs> you know, honestly, uh, you know, it's easy, you know, catch a speeder. Mm. Obviously, mm. easy to to, uh, to sit at a stop sign and watch a uh, a car run through a stop sign. Mm. Um, you know, but when you talk about uh, drug interdiction, there's a whole lot more involved uh, in, in training. But at the end of the day, you have, you have to have a reason reasonable, probable cause to stop.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so, so, but, but going back to skill set, the skill set is developed over a course of an officer. Uh, a newly uh, hired uh, police officer can't walk into your department and say, Hey, I'm an expert at drug and addiction, you know, I'm, a, I'm an at that. That's acquired, that's learned when a police officer's uh, career, uh, that's learned through mistakes, that's learned through training, that's learned through going to, uh, uh where you're, where, uh, you're being uh, being questioned by the defense table. Uh, so there's a whole lot involved in developing a skill set, but it's, it's time, experience, and education.
0: Good, good question. I mean, good answer. Um, education. Um, how important is education? Learn about your career, and uh, and how do you apply it to 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 your everyday work?
1: My motto is become an expert at what you do. Uh, what I mean by that, uh, you know, like you, you're you're a good athlete. You played at the highest level. Got there through coaching training, but you also got there to yourself because you motivated yourself because you want to be the best. One of the, you want to be the, the most advanced player on the court. Sure. Did that through your, your own personal development, dance development. College level development. Right. Going back to where where I'm at, uh, I made sure that education is a core to me. So, you know, I was the first in my family to have a degree. So, I I believe that education really wanted to uh, be the best Be willing to expose yourself to more than just uh, basic knowledge. The higher you go in an organization, you have to be able to to a host of different issues or challenges that will come the way. Of public safety, uh, I deal with uh, a host, uh, host of hazards, uh, from medical, fire, management, law enforcement, telecommunication, and also to community policing. So if I didn't take upon myself to educate myself in terms of all involved, it's a much broader picture here, I wouldn't be sitting here.
0: Right. Right. Um, and last, you know, we, I see you in the, in the gym all the time. I think, you know, working out and staying fit is very important. Um, nutrition is, is, is as well. Um, what's your take on nutrition and, and, um, and what's your, what's your take on, um, how it applies to your everyday life? Now, going
1: back to my, our background, I've been always into sports. But fitness was always, sitting, I was always sitting around fitness or doing some kind of activity to keep my body moving. Uh, moving. So, Football kind of guide me along those ways of maintaining that certain level, um, especially if you're in a stressful uh, job uh, like I am. It's good for you to try to have that have that place of isolation. Gym mm. like, for me is my solitude.
0: Mm.
1: So that's when you see me, I'm usually working out by myself. For sure. But my music, that's been about an hour and a half in the gym. That's my solitude, my, my peace. Kind of block everything out. Uh, it allow me to decompress, mm. um, and uh, quite frankly, some of the ideas that I that I'm doing today happens come my mind while I'm in the gym. Mm. You know? Same thing. So, so it, it has benefits. Uh, I think nutrition is very important. Obviously, as you get older, you want to adjust your eating habits. Uh, you know, and try to sit as physically fit as possible.
0: Yeah, you know. In, in closing, I just want to let you know. Your same set up, man. Single parent, you know, being the oldest of four, I had that same set up. So, you know, what do you want to tell, you know, specifically the the black youths out there today, you know, coming from where we came from and seeing all the different things. Like, what do you, what do you want to tell them, um, you know, moving forward? How to, you know, just just some 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 just words of wisdom that they think they should should understand. Okay.
1: Oh. I'm gonna say one thing: Don't allow your circumstances in life to determine your future. Uh, if 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 you think you're in a bad situation, don't allow that to determine how you're gonna develop as an adult uh, as you as you get older. Uh, life life is designed to, to throw curveballs our way. For sure. You no. Know? Um, everyone experiences hardship in life. Uh, unfortunately for us, people like to go to social media. Uh, and, and that's their personal issues, their personal issues what they're dealing with in life, and that creates another problem, mm-hmm. another problem for that for that person. So, um, I would just tell them going forward, you know, focus on your your, your personal development.
2: Don't allow your,
1: your circumstances determine uh, your future uh, goals, um, and make sure you at least make an effort uh, to educate yourself. Uh, to whereas your mind expose you yourself to, to new ideas new friends um, that will open many doors for you uh many opportunities for you to successful life
0: that 's what 's up well man look I appreciate your time and I want to say thank you you know for being that role model for being that example and um, that's 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 going to cause a lot of changes you know especially you know in this community you know you know they look at you and see that where you come from city, see that they can make a change. And, you know, that's all to all your hard work and dedication. So, you know, I thank you.
1: I appreciate you, man. And look, you, you're doing great things, man. You are a role model, man. I and mean, you've had an impact on many, many kids uh, in, in this state. And I'm quite sure outside the state, man, just based on, on your background and things that you, you share with them. You know, I was watching you for a while. Uh, so I, I'm impressed with you by the things that you your accomplish, man, things that you have accomplished need sure. to accomplish. I want you to keep on um, walking forward, man, and on the right path. And I'm here if you need me, uh, just give me a
0: call. For sure, for sure. I appreciate you, man. Well, you, right. you you, not have a good day, and uh, I'll, I'll, look, I'll look at that news conference when it comes on. All right, brother. All right, See, take care. You too. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books uh, here. Uh, Mr. Watson talking about uh, his trials and tribulations coming up in the Charleston area and then also uh, give great feedback on um, your expectations and what to expect when you're being pulled over. Things to do, it's very, very important that we uh, adhere to those uh, rules and regulations. All right, coming up next, we got Jamie Jenkins. Uh, Jamie Jenkins played at the Citadel. Um, Very, very great player at that time and um, has used his transferable skills to uh, uh, to develop a great career in Charlotte. So um, let's hear about Jamie Jenkins and the student-athlete um, experience coming up next.
2: All right, be right back. What Jamel is doing with the Day Foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes, first of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermell is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program because these are the kind of things that every community needs, looking out for the best interest of the youth. The future of this country is in our youth and everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jamel is doing. And hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people.
0: You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month.